diversity. All right, shall we do a little reflection from last week, please? Who's gonna go first? Hello, reflection from last week, Tuesday, please. Perfection. Okay, speak a little louder. I'll give reflection. Thank you very much. Go ahead, please. Uh, we continued speaking on um, on forgiveness, and um, we were reminded that unforgiveness can cause heart attack, stroke, and cancer. So heart attack, um, unforgiveness can create bodily harm in our system. And um, you also said that there are times when we're praying for others and unforgiveness can stand in the way um, against our prayer. So therefore, if there are unforgiveness in our life, in our heart, in our spirit, then that can hinder our prayers. So that is something that we need to look into. And um, you say that when we struggle to forgive one another, the, then the blood of Jesus is like of no effect in our life. And forgiveness was what sent Jesus to the cross because the Lord desired to make way for us through forgiveness. Jesus Christ went on the cross for us. And forgiveness was what created the passion on which Jesus Christ was crucified. The, 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 the need of forgiveness created the passion that sent Jesus to the cross. You continue to say that the staff is what pulls us back and it instructs us while the rod corrects us. So this rod and the staff will comfort us. Therefore, our passion is not complete until we begin to demonstrate the sacrifice of love because Jesus Christ went, underwent the passion of crucifixion, the whip, the crown of thorns, and all the beatings so that we could see the extent of his love. Because of love, he endured the passion of the cross. And you also made an illustration that even in childbirth, it is the love of the mother for the child that helps her to overcome the pain of travail. And so Jesus Christ shows us his love through the passion on the cross. So as Christians, when we forgive, we become dead to flesh. So when we forgive, our past doesn't make an impact on our present and our future. And so therefore, you said in the, in the olden days, there was no Bible for Joseph yet. He was able to follow instructions given to him from his father. He had nothing to refer to 
So he had to remember what his family taught him. And so the same should go for us. It, um, the example of Christ should be a lesson to us. And so even Joseph demonstrated his passion when he chose to forgive. Somebody's sucking up their juice. Can you mute yourself? Um, Jesus was, um, Joseph also shows passion when he chose to forgive his brethren who, who almost, um, you have to say they killed, almost killed him. But because of his love for them and he remembered the teachings of his father and his mother, he was able to forgive. And we continue to look at Abraham. Though God called Abraham with a wonderful promise, a beautiful promise, he will curse those who curse him and he will bless those who bless him. Yet, in the midst of all of that, the Lord told him that his descendants would go into bondage. In spite of that, Abraham continued to serve God in through it all. And one thing when the Lord um, gave us uh, um, a revelation, he also gives a solution and he also shows the promise. So he told, he told Abraham, even as he was telling him, your, your descendants will be held in bondage. He also said, but he will deliver them. And that was, uh, uh, that was comforting. So even though as Abraham was going through the journey, he knew that God would deliver him. And that was what gave him hope. So the children of Israel, though they were supposed to have been um, the, only 40 days in the wilderness, they ended up 400 days, as the Lord has said. So therefore, anytime we run away from truth or we reject truth, this prolongs our suffering and it delays our miracle. It also delays our blessing. And sometimes we wonder why. And it all ties in into unforgiveness. As children, many times we inherit the pain of our, 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 our ancestors, the consequences of their unforgiveness. We, we inherit that. But as children, we also must also learn how to forgive so we can overcome the past. So if we can tolerate others, we won't be able to forgive them. If we can't endure, we won't be able to forgive. And you showed us where in the Lord's Prayer, it reminded us that daily we must forgive others. That the people we love are the ones that sometimes will, will, will torment us, sometimes will bring challenges and difficulties in our life. But in spite of that, we have to love and we must forgive because Jesus Christ did that for us and continues to forgive us. And so therefore, we will be victorious if we choose to endure and if we choose to go back to Christ when there is a challenge. If we choose to seek truth, then we will also be, be victorious. Therefore, when we come to any place of surrender, the Lord steps in for us if we go back to him. And he also fights our battle when we go back to him. So though people may be hurting us, 
we have to learn to surrender all to Christ. God himself will chasten, he will rebuke, and those who hurt us, he also will take care of. One thing God will always do, those who come to him, those who seek him, as he gave David rest through all his challenges, he will give us rest if we continue to lean upon him. So that is what I carried from last week's teaching. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Can we have one more? Oh, yes, that's appreciated. Oh, great, yes, thank you very much. All right, so one more reflection, please. Okay, all right, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Or rather, I think uh, I prefer Luke chapter 11. Okay, let's go on with Matthew chapter 6. From verse 1 says, Take heed that, oh no. Let's do our declaration first, our declaration, I'm sorry. Our declaration. Welcome to the Garden of Wisdom for the Gathering of Wisdom. The Garden of Wisdom is a place where we discover and dig out the, and dig out the knowledge that leads and directs us on the path of righteousness to fulfill our divine destiny. Repeat after me, please. I am here in the garden of wisdom. I am here in the garden of wisdom. To gather wisdom. To gather wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To drink from the well of wisdom. To receive instruction. To receive, receive instruction. instruction. Direction. Directions. And guidance. And guidance. And According to the plan and purpose, according to the plan and purpose that the Lord has predestined for my life, that, that the Lord has predestined for my life, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it all in Jesus' name. I receive it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is it only two of us online tonight? What happened to others? I I think as you come on, you are muted, so they'll have to mute them, unmute themselves. Oh. Okay. But I hope they are hearing us. Yes. I was on saying it too. Pardon? I was saying it too. Oh, you were muted. No, I was say I was saying too. Yes, I said only two of you were speaking. Oh, I didn't hear that. Sorry. Yes. All right. <clears throat> okay, so tonight, uh, thank you for the reflection. And uh, we will go on to look at how God prepares us for our destiny. 
the role of unforgive uh, the role of forgiveness as the Lord prepares us for our destiny. Joseph was a type of Christ, and uh, in the in his area of 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 demonstrating the type of Christ that he represents, he was tolling the line of forgiveness. We will see that there are different types of people that were described as a type of Christ in, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ and also in the plan of salvation, redemption and salvation. So when we look at the life of Joseph, we will see that it reveals the, the relationship that the righteous have with God the Father and how the spirit of envy and jealousy that tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden have not ceased to operate. That spirit is the spirit of the serpent and the spirit of the serpent will has continually interfered with the life of the righteous. Anytime a person is called into ministry, anytime the person isn't prepared to become a vessel of righteousness, anytime a person isn't prepared to dine in the banquet hall of Jehovah God, the enemy will come after you. The enemy will attack you. The enemy will challenge you. The enemy will try to discourage you. The enemy will try to frustrate you. The enemy will try to distract you. He will do anything he can to disturb your focus, to steal your focus, to try to destroy your focus, to try to discourage you from following the voice of the living God. And we see this happening in the life of Joseph. Joseph was a type of Christ. And Abraham knew that Joseph would be born. And Abraham received the message from the Lord that the fourth generation of his descendants, Joseph was the fourth generation of the descendants of Abraham, okay? Abraham the first, Isaac the second, Jacob the third, Joseph the fourth. So the Lord had already told Abraham after the vultures tried to interfere with Abraham's sacrifice. Vulture represents the power of darkness. Vulture represents the spirits of death. Vulture represents the spirit of the robber, the thief, the destroyer of destiny. So while Abraham was in the presence of God, making sacrifice unto Jehovah God, oh yes, making sacrifice, sacrificing according to the command of the Lord, the Lord had ushered Abraham into his presence and requested Abraham to make him a sacrifice. And you know, of course, the devil got jealous. He got jealous. He got jealous and envious. Jealous means 
he wished to control the life of Abraham. Envious means he should be the one give, excuse me, he should be the one giving God the sacrifice and not Abraham. So he came in to attack Abraham's sacrifice and the spirits of darkness came upon the sacrifice and the spirits of vulture, the vulture came upon the sacrifice. And Abraham having the knowledge of God, knowing what it means to serve the Lord and saw the spirit of darkness and the spirit of the vulture drove them away. And that is what we call delivering himself from the powers of darkness, casting out the spirit of darkness, casting out the spirit of the thief, the robber, the rogue, casting out the deceptive spirit of the enemy, casting out the spirit of satanic manipulation and control. And all of us and some of us are going through this because you have been called, because the Lord has anointed you to do his work. Somebody close to you, somebody you think you love, somebody you have made a vow to love is attacking you, he's interfering with you, he's trying to steal your destiny, to snatch your destiny from you and to try to destroy your destiny. So it's not so that it will not be you that is carrying the, 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 the scepter of righteousness, but you'll be them. But listen to this very well. You aren't the first person to go through this. You aren't the first person to experience this challenge. You aren't the first person <coughs> that the enemy wanted to destroy. It's been happening since the days of Noah. It's been happening since the days of Abraham. And now it's happening. It's even happened in the days of Isaac, okay? Between Isaac and Ishmael. And it's happening, all right? Between Jacob, uh, Jacob and Esau, all right? And then between Joseph and his siblings, all these envious spirits, malicious spirit, malicious character were all, were all present because they are part of the, of the spirit of darkness that tries to molest, that tries to oppress, suppress, confuse, okay, cause rejection and dejection in our lives and environment. Sometimes the trial that we face is not because we did something wrong. It's not because we disobeyed God. It's not because we are not hearing God, but it is happening because the enemy is envious. The enemy is trying us. The enemy is trying to take over. Yes, the enemy is trying to do all kinds of things to cause us to fall, to cause us to do the wrong. So listen very carefully. While you are preparing to serve God, while you are giving your heart to the Lord, while you are dedicating your life to the Lord, the enemy is envious of you. The enemy is jealous of you. So the enemy will cause your closest friend, your siblings, your spouse, your in-laws, your parents to start behaving maliciously. Your own sibling will be malicious towards you. 
just that they were malicious towards uh, 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 Joseph. So Matthew chapter six, if we will remember the word of the Lord from verse one says, take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thy arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as a hypocrite do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they, excuse me, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they, they have their reward. But when thou doest arms, let, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thy arms may be in secret, and thy father who seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as a hypocrite are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto thee, they have their reward. Verse six, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Verse seven, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But not, uh, sorry, verse eight, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Verse 9, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Then verse 14 says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So here, Jesus Christ was laying down the model of prayer. And he was dwelling very much on the act of forgiveness. Now, there is something very unique about Joseph and the act of forgiveness. And when you look at the way Joseph was brought up, one, before Joseph was born, the mother was sad and sorrowful for years, praying, asking God, why am I supposed to be the first wife? 
end my 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 my, my opportunity was transferred to my senior sister and now everybody around me have given birth including the servants of my senior sister who took over my spouse my husband so here even before joseph was born there was a challenge waiting for him he wasn't born as quickly as the others who were interfering and let me say something here sometimes the people who are around you who don't actually have the calling that you have the people that you are training the people that you are bringing up seem to be doing well while you are lagging behind seem to be rising promoting elevating they are getting all the attention Every attention that should come to you is going to them. And it seems as though God has forgiven, uh, forgotten you. That was the case of Joseph. He was supposed to have been the firstborn, but Joseph became about the ninth born from first to nine. Are you getting me? What's your position in the family? You are supposed to be the first, but all authority has gone to the ninth born. Why is it so? Joseph was supposed to be the firstborn by the virtue of the fact that the mother was the very wife that the father Jacob wanted to marry, but it didn't happen so. And Joseph, uh, Jacob had to serve another seven years for the real wife, Rachel. This is now about 14 years to get Rachel to become his wife. And now after getting married, he wasn't making the baby. And then Rachel had to cry. Rachel had to cry and practically begged for a child to be pregnant and to have a child. Now, he has been born. And the glory of Abrahamic, Abrahamic blessing was being given to him. God himself was giving him that position. And God himself revealed to him, you're gonna be the prime minister of this world someday. You're gonna be the Secretary General of the whole world of United Nations. When he told the dream to his brethren, another wall, another wall, another wall rose up against him. And this time they decided they wanna get rid of him. But listen very carefully, tonight, I am zeroing on the fact that when God calls you, he has a way of preparing you. When Jehovah God anoints you, he has a way of preparing you. 
when Jehovah God chooses you, he has to mold you into the type of vessel that he wanted. So in order for you to be molded, you need to be broken, broken into pieces. And that is what you call trial. Where you are broken, where everybody rises up against you, where everybody accuses you of what you never did and what you ever did, where every voice lifted around you is meant against you. <coughs> so here is Joseph. One, he was to be firstborn. He became the ninth born. Two, besides being the ninth born, God did not reject him. God still said, Joseph, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. The plans that I have for you, no man can snatch it out of your hands. Nobody can take it out of your life. If only you will hear my voice. If only you will obey. If only you will follow my call. Whatever I have purposed for you, even before you were conceived in your mother's womb, you're going to get it. I'm going to cause it to come into fulfillment in your life. So Joseph was seeing the hope and was building up his faith towards the plan and purpose of Jehovah God. So, Joseph held on to the burden on his heart that the Lord had revealed to him. People were coming against him, but Joseph stood strong. So tonight, as he focused, on the trial of destiny. Trial of destiny comes with a dream. What is your dream? What has God spoken? Before you married, what was your dream? When you married, what are you seeing? What God said, has he forgotten about it? Why are you going through all this kind of challenges and difficulties? Has God forgotten you? No, he hasn't. You are going through the preparation of life. You are being prepared to become a vessel of honor. You are being prepared to become the vessel on the dining table of Jehovah God. You are being prepared to become a vessel on the communion table that the Lord may drink from you, that the Lord may drink from you. You have become a vessel of Holy Communion. A vessel of Holy Communion is not carrying water. A vessel of Holy Communion is carrying wine that represents the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary. The blood of Jesus is not one pint, is not cheap, is a price of destiny. 
The blood of Jesus is the prize that purchased our destiny from being destroyed. The blood of Jesus is the prize that redeemed us from the slavery market of destruction that rescued us from perishing. And this was the preparation that God was giving to Joseph. At a point, the brothers wanted to kill Joseph. When they couldn't kill him, they killed some animals, whether a goat or a lamb, and sprinkled the blood of the animal on Joseph's dress and took it to the father and said, some animals have destroyed Joseph. That is where Joseph's blood wanted to be replaced with the blood of animals. But all this time, the Lord was preparing that. One day, it's not going to be the blood of animals that will redeem us, but it's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Joseph being a type of Christ means that as his garment was sold, so the garment of Jehovah God was also soiled with the blood. And you find out that when Jesus was, was being crucified, some people took his garment and played the lottery with it. All right, just like they played the lottery with the garment of Joseph and lied that some animals had killed him. A type of Christ. This is where you understand that when God calls you to make you a vessel, a drinking vessel on the communion table, the holy communion table, the enemy ain't gonna leave you alone. He's gonna try you, test you, frustrate you, oppress you, suppress you. And that was what Joseph was going through. And so in our lives and destiny, who is playing, who is gambling with your life? Who is gambling with the call of God upon your life? Who is gambling with the price of righteousness that Jesus Christ had paid over you? They tried to gamble with Joseph's life. They tried it. Who is gambling with your life? Because the Lord has chosen you. Because the Lord has purposed to use you. Who is gambling with your life? Who is gambling with your soul? Who is gambling with your spirit? Who is gambling with the knowledge of God that you are gathering? Especially from this prayer line. And thus, Bible said it's lying, the Garden of Eden. The enemy will try to gamble with your life. <clears throat> so when we look at the life of Joseph, that's where the Lord was preparing Joseph to go into a place of redemption on behalf of his family, the descendants of Abraham. The enemy was angry. The enemy wanted to contaminate his seed through sexual acts, sexual perversion. Sexual iniquity. 
So all manner of temptation came to him. What still amazes me is that there was no book like the Bible for Joseph to read. Yet, he respected the word of God. And yet, he overcame the trials and temptation of his days. What about you and me? We got a Bible. We got all manner of Christian literatures. What are we doing with them? Are we reading? Are we studying? Are we making the word of God applicable in our lives? What we do with the word of God? Joseph did not have any Christian literature to read. Joseph did not have the Old Testament and the New Testament to read. Yet, he walked in the fear of God. Yet, he did what God required of him. So the preparation of Joseph included the fact that he should understand God's revelation. There are certain revelations that you are receiving that look frightful, that look as though it's meaningless, that looks as though it's not related to your life. But God needs you to write down those revelations because a time will come that you need those revelations to, to, to shape in your life, to understand how God speaks. So you see, because Joseph have been having revelations, when he got to prison, he didn't let go the wisdom of God in him. He didn't let go the purpose of God in his life. And that is where now his gift, his ability that he had used in his father's house that made them throw him out, that gift is now gonna be functional in prison. So whatever you haven't going through, do not throw away the challenge. The ginger we give you at Overcomer's house, it's meant to shape in your life. It's meant to strengthen you. It's meant to make you a vessel available and able, able and useful, available, able and useful in the master's dining, dining room, on the master's dining table. On the, on, the, on the dining table of the Holy Communion, that your life will become a vessel and the Lord can drink from you. And so whatever ability you have to serve the Lord, do not throw it away. Sometimes you don't know that the Lord is preparing you when you have an ability and the Lord will cause you to use that ability to help somebody, to encourage somebody, to perform some duty some way. You might not be appreciated at that hour, but what you should realize is that you are seven men. You are serving the living God. You aren't doing anything to please men. You are doing it to another for you to become whom God says you should be. You are fulfilling your destiny when you sweep the church. You are fulfilling the destiny when you clean the bathroom. You ask. You are, you are fulfilling your destiny in being prepared to become a vessel for the master's use when you make yourself available to work a certain work in the church. Ah, you know, there are some work that we have to work in the church. Leading prayer, leading Bible studies, coming to open the church doors. Yes, 
doing what others aren't willing to do. And somebody will say, is the pastor paying you for this? And you say, no. And the person say, I'm not going to do such a thing unless the pastor is paying you. That is the spirit of envy and jealousy. That want to steal your destiny. That want to steal the preparation you're going through. Yes, the preparation you're going through to become a vessel in the hand of the living God. The enemy want to steal that privilege that God is giving you to become the vessel of holy communion. The vessel of holy communion. The enemy start discouraging you. Hey, why you do this for the church? Why you do this for the church or for the pastor? You know, a lady used to drive the pastor, pick up the pastor. Anytime she's available, she'll call the pastor. Is there anything you want me to do for you? And the pastor will give her a schedule for the week so that whichever one she can, she will do it. And then somebody heard about what she does for the pastor. And the person went to her and said, wow, when you go out to the pastor, does it pay you for the day? Does it fill your gas tank? Does it do this? Does it do that? Immediately, the lady was discouraged. Immediately, she was discouraged and felt the pastor was using her for nothing. And she told another friend, pastor has been using me and I'm not happy about it. And that friend to say, yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it. Why do you spend all your leisure time serving the pastor, carrying him in your car and taking his children to school? Hey, dad, 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 dad. And everybody heard about it, that uh, somebody uh, is telling the lady not to do that for the pastor, the church got to pay the woman. And it became an issue. And one day the woman walked up to the pastor and said, Pastor, I don't like the way you are using me and you aren't paying me. Hey, and this lady started and told other pastor, insulted the pastor, and left the church. Guess what? The first friend that was jealous went to the pastor and said, Pastor, I heard that sister so so and so came and uh, 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 told you off because you are always making demands on her. And the lady said, Pastor, I am willing. I would do anything for you. Keep your money in your pockets. Really? The following day, even before the pastor would call, she was already at the pastor's gate. And pastor says, I'm not going anywhere today. Say, pastor, even if you aren't going nowhere, I'm going to leave my car for you. Pastor says, I don't drive. He said, okay, pastor, I'm going to wait here for about an hour because I am off today. Whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it, including cleaning your house. You see now how the spirit of jealousy operates, how the spirit of envy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
So this lady insisted and started driving the pastor around. Then the others saw it and everybody started talking to she too. Do you know why Sister Mary left? Do you know why Sister Mary left? Because pastor I'm paying Sister Mary for her duty. What is that? This very woman sowed the discord into Sister Mary and caused Sister Mary to abandon the job. And now she took the job. The same spirit came around again to come and discourage her. And now she was, she was confused. The seed she sowed has come back to her. When you sow an evil seed, you will grow an evil tree and the evil tree will produce evil fruits and it becomes generational iniquity. So at this time, I want us to realize that Joseph did not get to the place where God promised him easily. In that prison, he had to demonstrate the gift of God in him. He needed to demonstrate the fear of God in him one more time beyond 41st wall, beyond 41st wall. He had to demonstrate the fear of God. And all those who have heard about him were also watching him. And the matter did not end there. What is God calling you to do? But in all, Joseph had the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. Forgive us our sins as we forgive them that trespass against us. Whatever God is preparing you for, whatever revelation you have had, you saw a revelation that your ministry is bigger than overcoming ourselves. Praise the Lord that you had a stadium. Praise the Lord. You fill the stadium with one million people. Hallelujah. How do you get there? How do you gather the souls? How do you rescue the perishing? How, 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 how? Joseph was given the opportunity to either praise God or depraise God. Given to the enemy like Potiphar's wife, or hold on to the tail of God and say, God, you are my creator. You already told Abraham that his descendant will be in a foreign land, in bondage. And I am the scapegoat. I am the first person to experience this bondage. Who are you? What are you experiencing? What has God promised the family? Are you the scepter of righteousness in the lineage of your family? Even in your marriage? What is your place? What is your position? Hallelujah. Is everybody hearing me? Hallelujah. Everybody unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
Yes, everybody, unmute yourself. All right, any question? We have very few minutes more. Any question on forgiveness? The preparation to become a vessel of honor unto Jehovah God. The preparation to become a vessel of holy communion. Any question? Okay, if there is no question, we will only have one reflection for tonight. Who's gonna do the reflection for tonight before we go? Are people here with me? Are you sleeping? Are you awake? Are you hearing? Are you listening? Sister Shala, I haven't heard your voice in a while. Sister Shala, are you there? Sister Vivian, are you there? You unmute yourself. Um, yes, my surrounding is loud. I'm at the laundry. Oh, you are the laundry. Okay, all right. Yes, yeah. excuse Sorry me. about that. All right. Who else? Reverend Felicia. Wow. Okay, if nobody want to talk to me tonight, then let's share the grace. Um, there is one thing, I, there's this, this that stands out, Dr. Pauline, that I'm interested in where you says, um, just a quick thing here. Um, you said that the spirit of uh, the serpent uh, spirit, it, it usually appears when someone is called into ministry. Yeah. Or or when someone is about to be promoted in the Lord. And here the enemy comes in to disturb you, you to, to cause you to lose your focus. And so um, one has to be very vigilant when they know they're called into ministry or when, when um, they find that they're in, in, the, in the place of um, promotion in the Lord because the serpentile spirit comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, and to discourage anyone from following Christ. And so this is where we see the vulture or the spirit of darkness coming in. And we have to be awake to be able to drive it away. And that is so very important because so, so many times, many ministers um, has given up ministry because of the challenges that they're going through um, both in the ministry, in their personal life. And so it, this is just a warning for us or a reminder for us that when we have the, when we are called and when we really have the mind of Christ, that we must be vigilant and we must stay awake, you know, so that we can overcome, so we can see what is happening and we can overcome. So that is one thing that stands out to me this evening. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Okay, any other? Um, I, will, I would like to give something. Um, my reflection, I would say, um, when you talked about like how, when God is going to um, like put you in a place, opposition, he'll break you. That really stand out to me. Meaning that God, um, there's a reason why God allows us to go through certain things in life. Not because he's a mean God or he, you know, he hates us. He doesn't like his creation. 
or some people are better than us. No, God puts you in that place to break you, to build your character, to make you a better person, to make you um, be not so emotional at everything that happens to you, but to make you strong character-wise, emotional-wise. And that when you're put in that position that God has put you in, you will be able to handle it. You will not break down and become like Saul, you know, instead of repenting, he killed himself. But because of the breaking that like God has punished you, like Saul, you have done this. I'm going to take you off the throne. Um, I'm going to put David in your position. Um, he, he, if, uh, if he took the breaking in a good way, he would have become, you know, something else. Maybe king again after David. But no, he, you know, decided to kill himself afterwards. He would have done something even else after repenting. So, yeah, I, that's one thing I took down today. Um, God breaking you in order to put you in a position that you will be able to handle it. Thank you so much. Amen. 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 So we thank God for tonight. Any question? Any more? All right. Shall we clap our hands for Reverend Althea and uh, Sister Vivian? Shall we appreciate them? All right. All right. All right. Okay. So we thank God for tonight. And before we pray, any announcement, Reverend Althea? Um, our 21-day fast continues. Uh, we continue to meet nightly for prayer. Tomorrow night we'll meet at 9 p.m. And on um, VBS continues at Overcomer's House. Um, we, we meet at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And this Friday we have night vigil. Uh, we'll be both on Zoom and in-house. Everyone is invited. And on Saturday we come together to worship at 4 p.m. All are invited. Amen. Amen. Everybody lift up your hands. Father, we commit each and every family, each and every household, each and every person that is on this Zoom line into your hands. Jehovah God, we ask for your divine intervention in every matter that concerns us, that you touch us, and you will encourage us to practice the life of forgiveness. The life of forgiveness. The lifestyle that is ready to take correction and to forgive others, no matter the offense, no matter the mistakes and the challenges that is going on in our lives and environment. Lord, let the spirit of forgiveness take over us. Let us be willing to forgive in character, behavior, attitude, in the spiritual, physical, material, emotional, financial, marital, and employment and academic realm, that to be ready to forgive and let go. As we study about Joseph, give us a spirit of Joseph, the spirit that does not complain or memo but the spirit that work voluntarily in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that during this 21-day fast, we will endeavor to forgive. We will endeavor. We will try our best. Let the spirit of your righteousness overtake us that we will not struggle to forgive, but will be willing to forgive at all times. And as we ask 
each and every one for forgiveness, that the people will hear, they will listen, and will be willing to forgive. And we will also demonstrate the love of God in every aspect of our lives without complaining and murmuring, but actually surrendering. And so together we ask for the grace. Let's go. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love, the of, love God. of God, and, and the, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good night, everybody, and God bless you. Bye. Good night. Good night. Good night.